Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Hey everybody, before we get started on today's show, apologies first and foremost for being late. Secondly, I uh, had some technical issues with the introduction. Uh, too much static, too much background noise, so I had to re-record this here. Uh, on today's episode of Unfair, we're going to dive in to some Cowboys talk, a little bit more Chiefs talk and concerns. There was a change in Washington, which was a very interesting. Frozen 5 update. Jimmy's wondering who is the most dangerous team in the NFC, as well as if every NBA team lost their best player, who would be the best? So we'll talk through that. Make sure you guys hit, up, hit us up on the hotline, 430-901-1906. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Tell us how good or bad our takes are. And check out the YouTube as I have the videos up on this uh, the next day. Without that, outside of that, we'll chop it up in a few days. Peace. And outside of that, we will um, start the show. All right, so as you mentioned, the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboy fans, Dallas is not out. They are not out of this yet. Off of a 37-17 to convincing victory over the Philadelphia Eagles, who looked like they were ascending. Weren't going to make the playoffs, but were playing much better with Jalen Hurts. They found a way to beat him. Went down 14-0, to I think, in the first quarter, right? And then found a way to outscore them from that point, 37-3, to on the road to a 20-point victory. So now, Jay Dallas and the Washington football team sit at 6-9. and nine. Washington is at Philly for Week 17. Dallas is at the Giants. So the question everybody's asking is, will Dallas actually win this division after what has been a historically crazy season for Dallas and the league? Are they going to win this division? Well, the way things are looking, their biggest competition right now is the Washington football team, who in the news we'll talk about a little bit more, but they have a quarterback situation. (laughs) They're now down to their third string who is now their first string Taylor Heineke which no one can figure out how to say his name from Hickory Dickory Dock to Heineken to Hennessy uh, young Henny Uh, but I know it's Heineke and we don't know what they're going to do next week Alex Smith is up and down we don't know if he's healthy or not and since we don't know his health situation I don't think I can trust Tyler against they're playing the Eagles And now the Eagles are eliminated, unfortunately. The question is, will they go out there to knock off their division rivals to help their other division rivals get into the playoffs? Or are they going to tank against this division rival so the other division rival doesn't get in? The question is, who does Philadelphia hate more? And I'm not sure on that answer yet because I don't know who they hate more. It seems like it would be easy, but it's not. Because, I mean, we go down that line. That entire NFC East, I mean, of course, the Cowboys are added to that because of just old school rivalries, and they should not be in the NFC East, but they really hate each other, and I don't really know, is there a scale that could tell us who hates who the most? 
Which team hates <laughs> who the most? We would, we would actually have to ask Washington foot. No, we'd have to ask Philly fans who they hate the most between Washington and Dallas, right? Yeah. I would say it's Dallas because it's almost like Washington is on the East Coast with them. So it's like they're, in terms of like family structure, they're a little closer as opposed to extended family Dallas. So it kind of seems like for that reason, even though they may fight more, you fight more with the family that's closest to you. But in the end, you have more love for that family because you are in virtue of being around them more. So I think since Dallas is more like extended family, like you just said, they're kind of a part of the NFC East, but they really shouldn't be just in terms of geographic location. So I would say they hate Dallas the most. Therefore, they are going to regretfully so, but they're going to tank against Washington, allowing Washington to get in because Washington easily holds the tiebreaker over Dallas because they beat them 25-3 to in the first game and then beat them 41-16 to in the second game. So they destroyed Dallas twice. I mean, good point. So I'm looking at Super Bowl-wise, Cowboys have five, correct? Correct. Washington has? Three. Three. The Giants have? Two. They have two? No, they have more. They have... They have four, I believe, because Belichick, I think, won two with Lawrence Taylor, or was one, and they won two the Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning Super Bowls over Tom Brady. That should so that's three or four for the Giants, right? I guess. Let me see. Oh, uh, four. So yeah. the Giants have four. The Cowboys mm-hmm. have five. Giants have four. Washington football team has three, mm-hmm. and Philly has one Super Bowl victory. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question I have to ask is: Do they hate the Cowboys because they've won the most, or do they hate the team that's closest to them? As far as Super Bowl victories, which is Washington at three. Well, I think that adds to the argument that I made. That's just another reason to hate Dallas. Well, I mean, I, I, I get that portion of you know, The better question to ask is, um, is it Jeffrey Lurie, who's the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles? Yes. Who does he have a better relationship with, Dan Snyder or Jerry Jones? Oh, you know it's Jerry Jones. <laughs> you know it's Jerry Jones. Okay, so that's one point for well, Washington. That's one point for Washington. Uh, which owner is hated the most? In that division, it's got to be Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder, so that's two. <laughs> uh, let's, 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 keep, let's keep going. Let's, 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 the question here is: <laughs> This is not where this segment was supposed to go. Was, but I like this. I like it this. Makes more sense it because make, like the question is: Is who is Philadelphia more likely to help? That's true. They hate Dallas. They hate Washington. Yes. We all hate Dan Snyder. Yes. So overall, it seems like it's more likely that Philadelphia go out there and beat Washington. What about the sympathy ploy, though, for Washington? having a coach who's battled cancer the entire regular season to lead a team to be in this position off the heels of what was a very chaotic offseason for Washington where they fought scandal over here, scandal over there, to come out of that. Is there more sympathy for Washington and what they've had to endure? Is what Philly thinking, is it that Washington has been through more this season than Dallas and therefore they deserve to go? Or has Dallas been through more? So who, so well, well, Washington does have the benefit of the feel-good stories. They have Alex Smith and the leg situation, back, yes. and then you have Ron Rivera, who's been fighting skin cancer all season, uh-huh. and he's he's still kicking. Mm-hmm. But then the sexual harassment thing, to me, kind of makes a big X in there, and it hurts. Plus, the minority owners are trying to push Dan Snyder out, in which I bet you Philadelphia would appreciate not having Dan around, even though having Dan around means that Washington will never do anything they probably like the idea of having better ownership to, to help produce more revenue. I don't know. Unless they see the minority owners 
trying to push Dan Snyder out as a bit unfair because you got to think about it. Even though there are certain owners who don't like certain owners, they're part of a fraternity because it's only 32 of them. Like they're in a very exclusive group. So in a sense, you have sort of a bit of a natural affinity for other individuals who are in this fraternity like you. So if they see this happening to Washington while understanding that a certain situation could come up where the same thing could be done to them, would they support the minority owners pushing Dan Snyder out? Like I said, something that could happen to them and therefore tend to side with Dan Snyder in that regard, especially in the sense that he, at least cosmetic wise, has seemed to have made efforts this regular season to try to fix the image of the Washington football team. Hell, changing the name from the Redskins to the football team. Does that then, on the flip side, give him more sympathy from Philly? Hmm? I mean, you have a very compelling argument here. What? So the next question behind that would be, if there was one owner they could get out of the pain, out of the division, who's that owner? Get out of the division? Yeah, who they want to kick out? Like, what owner do they want gone? They had, to, they could get, they could get rid of one owner. Who would be the one most likely to get kicked out? I mean. Yeah, Dan Snyder, but that's that's already baked into this. Every, if he was in any division he's in, the owners would want him out. Right, that's the point. No matter the division he's in, they're going to want him gone because he's making them look bad. He's making the NFL look bad. And, yes, you're in a fraternity, but when you have that fraternity brother in there that's running around touching everyone inappropriately and you need to find a way to distance yourself from his image – wouldn't you want to push as far away from that person as possible or get them out the paint? Yes, but that's long-term. Whether or not Washington makes the playoffs has no bearing on that. But it does in a way because if the team is successful, it makes it kind of hard to push someone out who's been dreadfully unsuccessful in his 21 years in ownership. Not necessarily because... He's gone through 10 coaches mm-hmm. and over 21 quarterbacks in his tenure. They've been bad, yes. Yeah, but ten coaches in his team. Okay, so when Donald Sterling, rightfully so, got pushed out of the NBA by Adam Silver, that was during Lob City, right? Yeah, they, so they 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 it was playoffs. during a successful time. They were actually being successful. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, but that's the thing is is and if you go back into the Sterling piece of it, they were trying to find ways to get rid of him for a long time. Right. They just couldn't. You got. You got to have. A they, they didn't have the smoking gun that they needed. Exactly. Yeah. So, for me, outside of pushing him out the paint, I can see Philadelphia saying. We would like to watch them die and fall <laughs> out of the playoffs. Even though it's a great story of hearing Alex Smith and Ron Rivera in this situation, Dan Snyder trumps both of them, and we want to see them burn. So you're saying, okay, so in virtue of this, you would bet your money that Philly is going to beat Washington so that Dallas can get in. Wax them. Whereas what I'm saying is they're going to pseudo-help Washington and lose the game. Well, no, 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 because if they lose the game, Washington is in. So, yes. in order, so what Philly needs to do is beat Washington. So, so I'm saying they're going to beat Washington. So I'm Dallas saying they're going to beat Washington as well, so that Dallas can get in. Like we're oh, saying so the same, I, we're saying the same thing. But my point is, is that the question behind all this, yeah. even though we could talk about Dallas's roster and how they're playing all that stuff, that's irrelevant at this current moment because Dallas is up and down. And it's uh-huh. the, the NFC least is terrible. What's more interesting is, is what does Philadelphia want? So that's the question. Well, I I think that they would. I think Philly's going to win. I would say they would want Washington in there. I think they will want to win and see really what Jalen Hurts can do against a stout defense. And so because of that, their goal is to win that game. I think Philly wants to lose that game because what if, okay, so by winning, 
and Dallas gets in. What if Dallas, for some strange reason, for some strange 2020 season reason, find a way to get to like the NFC Championship? And this is the beginning of a resurgence for Dallas. So football-wise, Dallas is a bigger threat to them than Washington is. So to eliminate the threat, lay down, let Washington beat you and go to the playoffs so that this is another failed season for Dallas. What about that? I get your point. Yeah. I see you on that. <laughs> I shall raise you. Okay. <laughs> draft picks. Philadelphia wins. Mm-hmm. They get a lower draft pick than what Washington has. Mm-hmm. But if you loses, of course, they go up. So I could see them pseudo not wanting to win that game so you can get a better draft position. But at the same time, they have an opportunity to trade a quarterback and get another draft That's pick right. anyway. That's right. Because of this, I... I don't see them wanting Washington to win. I don't see them wanting Dallas to crumble more than they want Washington to crumble. Mm-hmm. Because Washington's basically been running the division most of the season. Last half of this season, there's been Washington at the top. Correct. The Washington's keep losing in ways that they shouldn't be losing. And because of this, that has made a gateway for everyone else to get in. Mm-hmm. Since Dallas eliminated Philadelphia this week, I could see them wanting to feel the power of eliminating someone else and it being the team that's on the field against them. That's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because that, that, te- teams do enjoy playing spoilers. It's almost like uh, forcing this team to feel the misery that you feel by not making exactly. The because if they, if Philadelphia I can see that. wins that game, loses that game, Washington will celebrate in front of them that they are in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, on their own home field. On their own home field. Yep. Do you want Washington to celebrate making the playoffs on your home field? I don't think Philly does. But they don't want to be a partner to. The redheaded third cousin, Dallas. So I think that they're going to willfully lay down and lose this game and let Washington get in. And they know Washington's not going to go far. They know they're going to lose in the first round to either with the Rams or the Bucks or whoever it is that they face. So it's no threat. You know, it, it is. It is a good feel, good story that they deserve this after what they've been through this season. Like I said, we'll get into that a little bit more. But Philly, uh, Philly's losing this game. They're going to lose it thirty to six. All right, maybe not 30 to 6. I'm trying to figure out who's on offense that's going to score 30 points. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Nobody. I'm calling Philadelphia winning this game because yeah. Washington has no offense. Yeah. I'd say they would win 30 to 6, but I'm not going to be that crazy. I'd say 21 to 10. Yeah, because Terry McLaurin, their star wide receiver, did not play in this last game. So Add to the list of players that's out. All right. All right. We'll see. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Okay, next up, you said you are concerned again, Jimmy. I'm wondering if anyone is concerned or worried about what the Chiefs have been doing. Now, yes, the Chiefs are 14-1. and one. They've won, I don't know how many games in a row, seven or eight? Too many. Too many since they lost their only game to the Raiders. Yeah. Um, but they look vulnerable. They, yes, of course, they win 17-14 to 14 versus Atlanta, but... Since week 10, Jay, all of their games have been sweat matches. All their games have been close. 
close games with the Panthers, the Raiders, the Bucks, the Broncos, the Dolphins, the Saints, and now the Falcons. So, again, this is a Chiefs team that we often say are the Kansas City Warriors, so they can just take off from people. And they're still doing that, but they're having to do it in order to win the game, not extend the league and rest their starters. So, given how the Chiefs have been playing, Jay, do they look vulnerable to you? Are you worried about the Chiefs going into the playoffs? All right, so here's my thing about the... Here's my thing on the Chiefs. It's tough. It's tough because they... I don't know of anyone that could take advantage of the Chiefs when they play lackluster football. Mm -hmm. I guess that's where I'm trying to get to. We talked about this over the last few weeks. This has been the biggest piece about them is, as of late, their offense hasn't been as explosive, but they are the Golden State Warriors of the NFL to the point of they showed last year the way they won the Super Bowl was coming back from 21-point deficits. Mm -hmm. The question is, is who in the NFL is going to be able to – Who's going to be able to take advantage of all the turnovers? Because, honestly, Patrick Mahomes here at the second half of the season has been a little lackluster. He hasn't been his MVP self, and he's been playing very uh, loose. I think it's because he can. And because he can, he's been doing it. And that becomes a problem when teams are preparing themselves for you. When, when they're preparing yourself for you. That's the big piece. So, I have to ask the question of... Are is there a team that you can think of that's capable of giving of of taking advantage of when the Chiefs are playing bad? When they're turning the ball over, just like I asked you two weeks ago when they played the Dolphins, there was a there was a four to one turnover uh, differential, and they were up thirty to ten. Mm-hmm. Is there a team that can take advantage of it? Because the, the Saints were the closest, but I don't trust Drew Brees' arm anymore. I I'm out. I'm out on Drew. Aaron Rodgers, I can see, but I don't know about their defense yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still worried about that Packers defense, especially because they let the Bucks beat the dog out of them. I'm worried about Tom Brady's arm in a game against them because didn't they play each other this season? The Chiefs and Bucks played? Yes. And that, it, that was one of their close games, but they beat them. Yeah. Exactly. And so they had the opportunity of doing that exact same thing. And did it work? No. So it's 27-24. And that's, and that's the thing is the Chiefs are not blowing anybody out. So we would believe that there's a team that can hold on to them, but I don't see anyone doing that. That's my take. Well, I think you're on the right track in the sense of you were just talking about only NFC teams that might be able to push them because I don't think there's really anyone in the AFC that, despite the fact the Chiefs are playing these close games, can really push them in a playoff scenario, especially now since the AFC playoffs goes through Kansas City. Now, there is one team, though, that could prove me wrong, but – they need help to get into the playoffs, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. I was about to say, I, yeah. there's one or two of them I, could, I could give in that side that I yeah. think do have it is the Ravens and yeah. the Steelers. I think the Ravens do. I don't think, I don't think the Steelers scare them. I think that would be a bit of a close game, but I think that some of the same things that you're saying about Drew Brees, you probably could say about Ben Roethlisberger as well, and that run game for Pittsburgh is not there anymore. It's gone. Right. Yeah. So I think that Baltimore, with how they're playing now, how Lamar is playing more like MVP Lamar, and how they're playing better on defense, I think they could push them, but the Ravens might not even get in there, so then that wouldn't be much of a threat. In terms of the NFC, you're on the right track. I think that the maybe the only team, were they to meet them in the Super Bowl, that could really push them, were they to get there? And I don't even know why I think this. 
I think that it would either be the Packers or the Seahawks. And I really can't explain, well, for reasons that I might explain a little bit later on in another segment, but I think those two, I think they have the quarterbacks to be able to match Mahomes better. And I think that their defenses are playing better than people think. And, you know, things just tend to break in their direction. Like the Packers, you know, you've seen throughout the season, there are times where things just break in their direction. Hell, early in the season, I think Seattle's, what, 5-0, and something like that, because things just broke in their direction. So you have to be worried about somebody who is more lucky than good. And I think that those two quarterbacks have moments where they are more lucky than good. So were they to meet him in the playoffs, and they have one Super Bowl ring too, just like he does, I think that they could make things very uncomfortable for the Chiefs. The Chiefs probably would still win that game, but they only have to worry about those two teams when they make it to the Super Bowl, basically. So with that, you make a valid point. Those two teams do have the quarterback that could take advantage of the Chiefs if they turn the ball over. Mm Mm-hmm. My question is, do they have the defenses to force those turnovers? Because the one thing we've learned, based upon the teams that Chiefs played, I'm going through their schedule now, the Falcons actually has a very has a, actually has a decent pass rush, and their secondary, whenever they want to play right, does well. Later, later in the season. They've done better in the end of the season, second half of the season, than they definitely did in the first half. First half, they were just giving up points to everybody. And then once they got a new coach, Raheem Morris has actually done a lot better defensively than what their records show. They look a lot better. I have to look at the numbers or in a DVOA and see where their ranking is, but I believe they are a better defensive team since he's taken over. The Saints, great defense. Their offense couldn't keep up. The Dolphins have a really underrated defense. Their offense can't keep up. The Broncos always have a good defense. I don't know why their offense couldn't keep up. Well, correction. We know why the offense can keep up. I couldn't no, I understand why their defense couldn't do more. The Bucks' defense is one of the top-rated defenses in the league. Their offense couldn't keep up. Mm. <laughs> in Tampa Bay. Mm. And then the Raiders, who gave them the fits the beginning, was because of their defense. Mm-hmm. And their offense was able to keep up. And the second time, the defense couldn't do anything. The Panthers, I don't know what their defense is. If you really think about it, I'll be honest. I don't it's know. Just, it's a bunch of young guys. They it, drafted all defense, literally. That's what I'm about to say. So they've been on a, on a roller coaster because of age. So going through that, that's the issue I'm running into. The one team in the AFC I think that can give the Chiefs issues is the Bills as well. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen's having a really good season. Mm-hmm. The problem for Josh Allen is, is that Kansas City was ready for him when they played the first time, and they basically just beat the dog out of him. Right. They set, They trapped him the entire game, and he fell for it, mm-hmm. just like he does every time the right team traps him. Mm-hmm. He falls for it. So you got to ask yourself, Jimmy, who's going to stop them? Who's going who's gonna to well, take advantage of them? I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. It is right to focus on defense, but you're focusing on the wrong thing because look at this. So all these teams since week 10 have been within a touchdown of the Chiefs, right? They've lost all those games, but, but you look at the Panthers, totally young defense. You look at the Raiders, probably no pro bowlers on defense. You look at the Bucks, great run D, questionable pass D. You look at the Broncos, young players, defensive coach. You look at the Finns, young players, defensive coach. You look at the Saints, solid veteran defensive players. You look at the Falcons, no one can name any of their defensive players. So, so how are all these you teams? You name Terrell. That I, I can, but most people can't. Can name Grady Jarrett, Keanu Neal, or Deion Jones. Right. But 
how are all these different types of defense able to be within spitting distance of the Chiefs? Is because it's not about the players. There is a scheme out there that is proven to be effective against the Chiefs. You won't beat it. You won't beat them with it, but you will stay close to them and hope that your offense gets lucky and Patrick Mahomes makes that crucial mistake, which he hasn't yet. That's what it is. And part of what I think they're doing, because I saw this yesterday, he would drop back and nothing was open. He was scrambling. He was buying time a lot. He was having to rush on his own. Mahomes will still find a way, but nothing is open. Why is that? Because I think part of what they're doing is going back to what the Patriots did against the greatest show on turf in that 0-1 Super Bowl. They're dropping back eight into coverage routinely and only rushing three. So that's a big part of what he's seeing. And when you do that in zone coverage, very little is open. The flats are open. Rushing up the middle is open if you're the QB, but very little is open. He'll still find his passes, but there's a scheme out there that is slowing this team down that they aren't going to have time to figure out how to counteract yet. thing about that is with that scheme, the only way that scheme works is if you're actually getting pressure on the quarterback with your three-man rush. Mm-hmm. Not every team can has that capability. So okay. the question is, who has that capability? Who has a front four or front three that can get pressure? Well, then you're talking about the Steelers again. If you're talking about pressure. Well, the problem with the Steelers is, is what? Well, the offense is the problem. Yeah, well, that's one. Two, they're linebackers. They, they, they're down linebacker to linebacker yep. linebacker. That Steelers defense is not the same but, as it was. But they still have their best defensive players. They still have Mika Fitzpatrick. They still have T.J. Watt. They still have Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt. Now, it hurts them that they don't have these other guys like Bud Dupree and I think Devin Bush yes. are the ones who are out for the season. That hurts them. But A lot. if you're talking just about pass rush, if you're going to drop back eight, you still have those three to get pressure on him. But again, Ben Roethlisberger would screw them out of that even if the defense did play a stellar playoff game against Mahomes and the Chiefs would still win. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. That's a good point. All right. All right. One of our favorite things to do here on the show is load you all on Mondays with the news. And now Jimmy has the news. Uh, thank you, Wendy. A lot of good news today. All right, so Jay, so the Jacksonville Jaguars have officially clinched the number one pick in the 2021 NFL Draft with their uh, getting destroyed by the Chicago Bears, 40-14, I believe. And uh, the Jets finding a way to beat the Cleveland Browns, who were without any of their wide receivers due to COVID protocols. So now that they've clinched this number one pick and everybody fully expects them to draft Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy is Trevor Lawrence that he's most likely going to Jacksonville instead of the New York Jets? I mean, which place is honestly better, Jacksonville or the New York Jets? It's like being realistic. Jacksonville. Why has no one been to Jacksonville in like the last 30 years? They never get good they don't, they don't. They're a small market, but they never get really good draft picks. But he's got better offensive players to start with than he would in New York. Now, both deep, well, the Jacksonville defense, they got rid of all those guys for whatever reason, which is, I don't, I don't know why they did that, but yeah, Jacksonville, better weather, smaller market. So, I mean, you want to face the New York media or the Jacksonville media? I mean, 
I would definitely prefer to be in Jacksonville because they've got some crazy draft picks as well, too. And they're going to get a new GM, so you get a whole yep. new setup. So, I'd say Jacksonville. And he may end up playing in London one day. Think about that. That's horrible. That's exactly <laughs> why I don't like it. What? what? To headline? So, the first, so, you'd be the first international NFL quarterback? Jay, I, I take that all day long. You want to live in London? Send me to Jacksonville. Hell yeah, I live in London. Next. Just direct regular season. Off season, I'm coming back to the States. All right, next. The Clippers, Jay. Yesterday's game against the Mavericks, the Clippers somehow found themselves down 50 points, 77 to 27, at halftime and ended up losing the game, I believe, by 53 points to the Mavericks. Yes, they were without Kawhi Leonard, who was out with a mouth contusion and most likely a concussion sustained in the previous game. Um, does this mean anything that without Kawhi, the Clippers were down 50 at halftime? Uh, nah, not really. I mean, well, okay. So, yes, it does mean something. I think the biggest thing that it means is that you can't trust Cole, uh, Paul George with the kids by himself ever again. It's You're done with that. You, you don't want him, the team playing only with him because he's now proven that he's not capable of leading this team by himself. It also confirms to me why they gave him that contract. It makes him a lot easier to trade for another big star. So when it doesn't work at the end of this season, uh-huh. they will be shipping him out of Los Angeles. Wow. At the same time that Kawhi Leonard said he's, he's going to go into 2021 free agency. Well, it's smarter for Kawhi to do that. I mean, it's logic. Logic-wise. Yeah. He's going to get six million more per year okay. if he resigns at the max deal rather than staying at the 32, he can get 38. Okay, so all right, all right. it's a logical financial side for him to yeah. drop out. But at the same time, if they don't trade, Paul George is the chance that Kawhi Leonard will leave. But Kawhi Leonard likes living in San Diego, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that, yes, this is on Paul George because clearly he didn't make his teammates believe that they could win this game without Kawhi Leonard. And being down at 50 show, he ended the game with 15 points, nowhere near good enough. He should have had 40 to 50 without the number one there. So you may have a point about Paul George not being an adequate number two for Kawhi Leonard and him forcing the organization to ship him out of town for a better number two since he forced the organization to bring him in. I believe he has the power to ship him out. And lastly, uh, Daryl Morey, everyone's favorite brilliant GM, was fined $50,000 by the league for a tweet over the weekend referencing James Harden. Now, you will recall Daryl Morey is no longer in the front office of Houston. He is with Philadelphia now. And uh, I believe the tweet, I want to show you what a $50,000 tweet looked like. I don't think I want to see it. Uh, Let's see. He deleted it minutes later after he realized what he'd done. He was celebrating the one-year anniversary of Harden breaking the the Rockets franchise assist record. So, Jay, do you and everyone else see what I mean now? That just because Daryl Morey is analytics smart doesn't mean that he's street smart or common sense smart. I, I knew that a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, the whole situation with the original tweet, it seems like tweets are getting him in trouble, so he probably should stop tweeting. Yes. But the even with the first one, the whole thing about with Hong Kong, it wasn't about him saying what he said about Hong Kong. It was about him saying that while players were in China... Like, do you really want to piss them off with your players in a foreign country where their passports could have easily been revoked and threw them in jail? Let's be smart here, guys. That's the issue with it. That's where all the issues started. It wasn't about China and money, even though he did cost the league a lot of money, as they did stand behind him. $200 million is what they said was the minimum that he cost them with that tweet. It was the fact that people were there. So stop tweeting. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think you have something for me on the other side of this, but that is it. That's the news. And that was Jimmy with Thank the news. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, so news-wise, to add to fuel to the flame, the Washington football team released a statement stating that 
their quarterback is no longer there. So as I mentioned at the first segment that the Washington football team has an issue with quarterbacks, it's mainly because they just released quarterback Dwayne Haskins Jr. Here's their statement. This afternoon I met with Dwayne, and, in, and this is from Coach Ron Rivera, who's also, if I'm correct, the general manager too. But he said this afternoon I met with Dwayne and informed him that we will be releasing him. I told him that I believe in benefits of, it benefits both parties and that we go our separate ways. We want to thank Dwayne for his contributions these last two seasons and wish him well moving forward. So the question you have to ask yourself is, Jimmy, was this a good idea to release him right now? And what does it also tell you about the circumstances there? To release him right now, I'm going to say no. To release him, yes. To release him right now, no. Because you're still fighting for your playoff life. And the last thing you need is a distraction such as this. Or for, I mean, I imagine that he was somewhat well-liked on the team. Generally, you know, quarterbacks, guys like him are, you know, young guys who can really relate to the majority of the players. So having this on their mind or having this happen that they're going to have to answer questions about throughout the entire week is not going to be good for them because they got to go into Philly and try to win a football game. But I do understand releasing him. I think that, yes, he was problematic on the field. Turning the ball over is generally what gets young quarterbacks released or shipped out of town is if you turn the ball over, even if you're not very good, as long as you protect the football, they'll give you some years. Mr. Trubisky has gotten four to five years. Sam Darnold has gotten, what, three or three years or so, probably will have another next season. But the bigger problem is that they don't embarrass you and make poor decisions off the field. That's what really got him released was the lack of maturity. And even coming into into this team and into the league, I knew he was going to be a problem because I was watching something on him after he got drafted by Washington, and he was already hyper-focused on his brand and marketing before he had played a single minute in the NFL, before he had won a single game which is the best marketing a football player can have, winning games, he was already focused on this instead of focused on that. And clearly it showed on the field. Isn't it like a Washington thing, though? Because RG3 did the same thing. He had his own record label. He had his own uh, logo, diagram, all of that stuff before he even really got going. Yep, and suffered the same fate. Suffered the same fate. Well, I blame Shanahan for that one. I mean, you don't play a guy with a dislocated knee, even though he was offensive rookie of the year the year before, and he was killing it. He basically ruined that man's career in that sense. But at the same time, yes, you're right. Dwayne Haskins basically cost himself his career. I got why he was going to be drafted top. I don't understand the logic behind actually doing it. But it made sense. I mean, collegiately, he was ridiculous. Starting for one year, he threw 50 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still don't – do you name another football player – in college football history, who threw 50 touchdowns in a season? Oh, I saw Joe Burrow, who had, what, 60-something last season. I can't think of anyone else. Nope. <laughs> so right. It's got to be top top three, top four all time. Exactly. Yeah. So he had a ridiculous season, and that's kind of what helped. So, but outside of that. Like, can he still be successful? Can't. I don't know what's going to happen to him. He... Hasn't put himself in a situation. Yeah, you had Joe Burrow, Colt Brennan, David Klingler in Houston, B.J. Simons, Dwayne Haskins, Derek Carr, and Sam Bradford. They all tied for 50. That's your 50-plus club, which is not easy to do. He's being dumb, and I agree with everyone that his play is the reason why 
and well, his play and his off the field antics. If he had the bad play he has, but he didn't have the off the field antics, he would still be on the roster. What told me is they recognized that those off the field antics are not going to stop, and they had to get rid of him because Tyler Heineke is still in there, and they got he got him out the paint. Obviously, Taylor's better in their eyes than Dwayne Haskins. Probably not physically on the field, but dealing with him, he's better. Mm -hmm. And because of that, that's why they went ahead and just let the guy go. It's going to cost him, what, $8 million on the cap mm -hmm. by getting rid of him right now? That's so questionable to me that you're willing to eat that kind of money. Well, not questionable. It's, it's understood because that tells me that Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne was worth just eating the money and getting out of here. He had the opportunity of being a back, a career backup somewhere, but all those stupid antics are costing him an opportunity. He could have been the next Geno Smith. Hell, if he if he upped his game and showed his work ethic, which he's obviously not showing he has, he could have been Chase Daniels. I mean, who wouldn't want to be Chase Daniels? You're in the NFL, you're making millions of dollars, and you're not taking a single hit. Because they can't hit you in practice. I'm there for that. Pay me millions to read defenses and be your scout team guy. Well, I think he is lucky in the sense of coaches, front offices, offensive coordinators have egos as big as the players do. So they believe that if they got this former number 15 pick, 15th overall, 50 touchdowns for Ohio State, if they get him in the building, they can fix his problems, at least on the field. So he's going to get another job somewhere now. No organization is going to be dumb enough to hand him the keys to the kingdom oh, no. as a starting quarterback. He's done. But if he goes somewhere as a backup, somehow figures out a way to get rid of these off-the-field issues, which could include putting wiser people around him in addition to what is supposed to be the natural maturity of someone in their 20s. Because technically, he's still an adolescent, honestly, I mean, at age 23. So he's, he's got a lot of maturing to do. Then maybe if they help him to cut down on the turnovers, which is – Decision-making, I'm telling you, just like Jameis Winston, off the field affects decision-making on the field because it's all coming from the same source of decision-making, in a sense. I can your see brain. That. Yeah, your history. I can so, see that. So he's going to get another opportunity. I think he can still be successful. It depends on how you define success. No, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Mahomes yeah, successful. we've never seen him that high. But maybe he can be... He, could, he can't I, even be Jameis Winston. That's the problem. And Jameis will... <laughs> but the thing about Jameis, in, in his defense, yeah. Jameis will win, throw you in and win some games. He will throw you out some games, yes, but he will throw you in. Like yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick, they will throw you in and out. I'm hope the way it's looking, this dude, and it was mentioned, but Monty Jones had mentioned it on Twitter, a few people we were talking to, that, that Haskins is turning himself out to be like another Paxton Lynch, mm -hmm. which tall, prototypical quarterback, I mean 6'7", 244, played at Memphis and doesn't have a job. Like, he's jobless right now. Like, he is the prototypical type. And his play was so bad, the team said, and his decision-making was so bad, the teams were like, nah, we're good. So. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Okay, so you, Jimmy, yes. have a question about who is the best in the NFC. Now, you, you have a theory that I'm actually very curious about because 
I think it's a I don't I don't I think it's gonna be ridiculous. But at the same Probably. time, I will appreciate your thought process with it. So give it to me. All right. So watching the Bucks on Saturday, oh God. dismantle the Detroit Lions. And I know that that's your favorite team that you love to hate, literally. And watching how they dismantled them, how Brady was surgically placing the ball all over the field. Touchdowns for everybody. You get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. All those receivers. Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette running the, the ball. He's not even the number one running back on that team. Ronald Jones is. He'll be back. In addition to what was a dominant performance from the Bucks defense that we've seen in spots over the season. And then I thought about how fear is a commodity. In any major American sport, if you can put fear into your opponent before the game starts, you already have the psychological edge over them. So looking at what this team can do, this Bucks team, when they're clicking like that, are the Bucks therefore, the most dangerous team in the NFC playoffs? And if they're not, who is? Okay, so I am on the fence about the dangerousness of the Buccaneers. You're not wrong. Tampa, head to toe, probably the one team I think that could really give Kansas City issues. I mean, they showed it when they matched up. Honestly, everybody showed it against Kansas City, so I can't even even compare that. But... The Bucks have played some really good football in moments that matter, like the way they dismantled the um, the the the, 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 the Packers. You know the way, even though they got dismantled by the Saints. I like the way my Bucks are playing football right now. I like that they're defensive centric. I'm still afraid of our quarterback. That's my problem. I'm terrified about what. Our quarterback situation looks like, and I like Tom Brady. The question is, what domes is he going to play in in the playoffs? So, because that's basically what he needs. Mm-hmm. Seems like if he's playing outdoors, it ain't the same Tom Brady. I mean, am I wrong? Am I am I wrong by the way that he, am I am I am I over am I looking at something wrong? Because they'll be the five C's. So that means they would play. The four seed, which would be either Washington or (laughs) Dallas right now, which means they're probably going to win their first round game, Mm -hmm. which means they will play Green Bay in the second round, Mm -hmm. in which they've already destroyed the Packers once. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance they can destroy them again. Now, I know Tampa would love to travel to Dallas over traveling to Washington because one's outside and one's inside. Next, you're traveling to Green Bay and playing in the cold. Don't know how it's going to be. It's probably going to be snowing. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And, but Brady's supposed to be used to that because he is a former Patriot. Then the next round, you have either the Rams or the Saints. Actually, see, probably Seattle or the Saints. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got to figure out in the NFC Championship game, can they knock off one of those two teams? The Saints already cooked them twice. Um, I don't know about Seattle, though. They, the way this is shaping for them, mm-hmm. they could possibly be the most dangerous team in the NFC. You are right. Well, I didn't say that they were. 
I asked if you thought they were the most dangerous team in the NFC. That's what I'm saying. I think that they could be the most dangerous team in the NFC. Starting out, I did believe that the Bucs were the most dangerous team, and they are a dangerous team. But as far as the most dangerous, I don't think they're the most dangerous team in the NFC. And this is going to be counter to much of what you said, but I do, in fact, think that the Packers are the most dangerous team in the NFC playoffs because I trust Aaron Rodgers more than I do Tom Brady, and I think you would agree with that. Tom has six rings. He does. And he keeps the, – the more chips you put on his shot, the better he seems to play you football. you bagged on him all season long about I've, being old. I've bagged, I have pointed <laughs> out some of his deficiencies, which they have pulled the deep yep. out route off on him, and he uh-huh. throws a lot of passes behind his receivers. Yep. And that's just because of age. Decision-making seems to be a little bit slower. Yep. But he is like 43 years old. He is. He is. So I think that the Packers, they're going to lock up the number one seed if they haven't already in the NFC. So it's going to go through Green Bay. And plus, despite that, I think that this Packers team is flying under the radar, which is exactly what they need to happen. I think that even though they're going to finish number one in the NFC, nobody's going to pick them to win. People are going to pick the Saints, they're going to pick the Bucks, and they're going to pick the Seahawks. So I think that works in their favor. And I, I just use one stat. I know that there is these next generation DVOA type stats to look at, but in the NFC, the Packers were better in defensive yards per game as far as holding the opponent and offensive yards per game than Tampa. Now, what's hanging over my head is the fact that, yes, Tampa did destroy them, but that was early in the season on the road. This isn't the same Packers team that they would face, and they wouldn't be able to face them on their own home field. And I don't know if you got a chance to watch much of that game last night between the Packers and the Titans, but what the Packers did to the Titans, a team with the best running back, some would say, in the NFL, is what the 49ers did to the Packers twice last year, which is to push them all over the field on both sides of the ball. Yes, Derrick Henry had close to 100 rushing yards, but he was getting instant contact the moment he hit the line of scrimmage in a lot of two- and three-yard games. I didn't think they were going to play like that. They had they had their way with Tennessee, and Tennessee's a good football team. Agreed. And there are times where Tennessee looks like one of the best teams in the AFC. Agreed. So all that combined makes me feel like the Packers are in the perfect position to be the most dangerous team in the NFC playoffs, and nobody is going to know it until it's too late. What do you think? I can't disagree with you. (laughs) The thing that helps the Packers is that they will have home field. Mm -hmm. The question I have is, can the... Can they get past the the opponents they have to get past to main to get to an NFC Championship game? Because it looks like what they'll play. Let me see, two will play. What's that? Seven, and three will play six. Four will play five. So that means that second round the Packers will play. Oh, God, the Packers will play. Well, Tampa Bay. Will they play the lowest seed still left? Is that how that will work? I think so. I think that that's how it's set up. I'm I'm not going to lie to you all here and no. say it is, but that's, that is a possibility. I don't know, but yeah. Well, the question is: is can well can they get past Tampa Bay in the second round? Because Tampa's going to the second round. There's no way that's right. that Dallas or Washington will beat the Buccaneers. No, no, I will put them. I will put my money on that now. And I really hope I'm not I'm I'm not wrong. I don't want to be embarrassed them getting eliminated in the first round. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be their problem is they have to play Tampa Bay in the second round. Yes. And I don't see them beating Tampa Bay after what Tampa Bay did to them. Tampa Bay exposed them, and you're right. It may be a different team, 
But Tampa Bay's gotten better, and they've got a lot more healthy people now. Like, they've the got Packers, all their heavy, heavy, healthy yep. receivers now. If I'm the Packers, that's who I'm worried about. That's that's the biggest threat. Well, yeah, and, and they have to get past them first. Mm-hmm. So if they don't get past them, then it goes through probably New Orleans because I don't think the Saints are going to lose to the Bears car or Cardinals. So they're not going to lose to one of those two at all. So that means that the Saints will be playing up against either Seattle or the Rams, which will be an interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. And if they and depending on who wins that one, that's who goes to the NFC Championship. And for Tampa Bay, they want to see the Saints again. Yes, they do. They want them again, all because it's in a dome. That's the only reason why <laughs> they want to see them again because it's in a dome, and then they can try to redeem themselves after those right. L's it's, take. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row. Yeah, exactly, and that's what they need to happen. And so. Because of that, Tampa Bay, I, I can now agree with you, Jimmy, that I, well, your initial assessment, they could be the most dangerous only because the Packers have to find a way to get past them to get to the NFC Championship. I think what, the main thing that the Tampa, Tampa Bay needs to do is continue to give the play calling to Tom Brady. Because Bruce Arians, I don't care if you're the quarterback whisperer or you were a great offensive mind or you're the two-time coach of the year, he's a better offensive coordinator than you. So he needs to be. He needs to call the plays. I mean, that's what's happening. Tom's forty-three years old. I mean, at this point, he should know how to run the offense like that. Is very overrated. I don't. I'm, I'm starting to not like him. Wow. This whole season, having had to pay more attention to just how he is, I'm starting to not like him. I mean, I, I don't like him Tom, in Pittsburgh. I don't think Tom Brady likes him that much. I liked him in Pittsburgh. I liked him in Indianapolis. I didn't like him in Arizona, and the fact that he quit on them the way he did was a little bit annoying. Yeah. But he's overrated. Yeah. Tom Brady is his team. Okay. So, let's dive over to my Quick Frozen 5 assessments really quickly. Um, My bad, y'all. I did my research. I was going to have a solo show this past week and decided not to as Christmas rolled through. I was going to give you guys a Christmas show and I had a whole bunch of stuff going on and it just didn't happen. So, I made my picks on my research. And I picked a lot of Saturday games because they just lined up perfectly. Me and the Vegas guys agreed on the Cardinals minus five. Mm-hmm. I didn't see San Francisco do anything with a with a third string quarterback, even though C.J. Beathard has been in the system before. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I should have recognized. And for some reason, the Cardinals have just completely deflated and ruined my NFC West prediction. Part of what it was is they got George Kittle back. And, oh, they had Skittles. They did. In yeah, the, and the fourth <laughs> string running back Jeffrey Wilson. He he runs harder than just about. I saw you started him. On the on your fantasy team? No, I did not. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You had him on your fantasy team. And you didn't start him, which was 43 points that you could have had. And I was like, wow, plus 25. Yeah, I thought I thought Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette would have had 30 to 40 points. It's just that after the first quarter, there was really no reason to play him because they were destroying the Lions. So they sat him the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no re- there's no reason to play him. Um, <clears throat> Dolphins. I really thought that it was going to be two a time. And then Fitzmagic went through and made the ground at that comeback, and they just couldn't be smart enough to score a touchdown and win the game, which is thoroughly disappointing. And I hate myself for even thinking about picking them. And then, of course, I bet against my team. I don't like (laughs) betting on my team because I feel like I'm kind of superstitious when it comes to that. I bet on what's logical rather than emotion. And then when Matthew Stafford went out, I was like, oh, well, oh, crap, That, that ruined it. I thought the Lions would play harder with the new coach, and the Lions are the Lions. So, but my two dubs, though, New Seattle was going to do what they were going to do. And Dallas came up exactly where I expected. I did not think Philly was for real as far as winning the division. Um, more film on Hurts. Hurts, Hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, yeah, what, two interceptions? And he had four turnovers. Fumble. He had four turnovers. Yep. Yeah, he had four turnovers. And yeah. so, because of that, 
I, I had a feeling that that was going to happen. And Dallas, like I said, Dallas' defense has played a lot better. Dalton did a really good job of not hurting the defense mm-hmm. by actually hanging on to the ball. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really it. So, so, so two and three. We'll, I'll do my best to try to help us end on a high note. Please. And we will look forward to next season. We're in desperate need of it. So, we do this every Monday. Game of $7 challenge. Jimmy's got questions. Let me ask you this, though, because you know how, how it comes to. Jay's got answers. Yeah, that was terrible. I, yeah, you did, I you did well. It's the $7 challenge. Oh, every single time, Jim Master Jay. All right, so to that point, uh, we're going to do early lines again this week. This will help me to get a good start on how to think about these Week 17 games. Week 17 games are very strange in the sense of sometimes starters don't play. Sometimes starters will play only a quarter or two. You have a bunch of unknown players in that. That can affect the line and the outcome of the game. So it's going to be tricky, but this is actually the first Week 17 I've done on this show. Because normally, it's always like virtually, yeah. 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 So I'm going to give you seven games, seven early lines for Week 17, and you tell me within a point and a half either way what the spread is. Let's go. All right. First game, Cowboys at the Giants. Cowboys at the Giants. So Dallas traveling up. Dallas is probably the favorite. I think Vegas sees them as equal teams. So I'm going to say the Giants minus two. Giants minus two? Yep. Uh, Incorrect. Cowboys minus three. (laughs) They believe in Cowboys a little bit more than you do, I guess. All right, number two. Yes, obviously. (laughs) The Falcons at the Bucks. So the Falcons are traveling to Tampa Bay, correct? Yes. Buccaneers minus nine. Incorrect. Buccaneers minus six and a half. That's it? That's it. Less than the touchdown? Yep. They really like that Falcons so defense. Right, so you would take the Bucks then in this game, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Touchdown. T- t- Tampa's a 10-point on that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three, uh, Packers at Bears. Packers are traveling to Chicago. We don't know who's going to play in it. Well, the Packers got to play everybody, don't they? Because they to lock up number one seed, they have to win. Ah, they hold the destiny in their own hands. They're going to travel down to Chicago with a spread of minus seven. Correct. Minus five and a half. That's low. Yep. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. All right. Let's see. Number four. The football team, the Washington football team at the Eagles, as we discussed. We don't know who Washington's quarterback is yet because Alex I, I Smith. I think he's going to start. Uh, well, he is. Well, Alex Smith is is right. still floating, so we don't True. truly know. They're saying Heineke, but he's still floating. So because of that, I'm going to take the Eagles as a favorite, minus two. Correct. Washington minus one and a half. I suck. So, <laughs> so then, in that sense, you would take the Eagles plus the points. You're right. You're picking right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number five. Titans. The Titans at the Texans. Okay. So that was gonna be a tough one. Texans are playing a little bit better football right now. Defense is playing a little bit better. JJ Watt just gave the inspirational speech about how terrible that they're playing, how they're not respecting the game, or some beard mustache bull. Yep. Anyway, because of that, they're gonna turn it up a notch and they're gonna really hit Derrick Henry in the face. And the Titans just got embarrassed, didn't they? Against the Packers That's on national yes television. It is. Yes, it is. So that means the Titans are definitely favorites, mainly because they just got embarrassed 40 to 14. Bounce back game for them. Titans minus five. Uh, not too far away, but 
Incorrect. Titans minus seven and a half. I was about to say seven, too. I have fears it's going to be a football, a touchdown. <laughs> Gosh, that's just dumb. All right, yeah, what's next? Stuff. All right. Number six, the Saints at the Panthers. Saints at Panthers. Panthers are bad. Drew Brees is playing. Drew Brees is playing, right? Probably. Okay, so Saints minus seven. Correct. Saints minus six and a half. I'll give him a touchdown on that. And last one, uh, the Seahawks at the 49ers. Seahawks are at 49ers. 49ers had a really good game recently. Seahawks did as well. Seahawks are going to travel down there as the favorite minus five and a half. Correct. Minus four and a half. Oh, that's close. Very close. All right, so three and four. Uh, you know. Some of the early ones got away from you, but still relatively good. Okay. Yeah, I didn't do well. Very good, Jay. All right. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Final segment. Right, so to uh, close the show, I uh, had a thought the other day, and this was actually before Kawhi Leonard got hurt um, in that game over the weekend. And I was thinking, okay, if each NBA team lost their best player, who would be the best team and who would win the championship? And I thought about this because that's kind of a way of, an of analyzing just how good a team is because you have to think out of these 30 NBA franchises, maybe one or two of them are going to, just in virtue of the game, lose their best player. Hopefully not for the season before a stretch of games. It happens. It's basketball. Right. It's basketball, right? It's sports. Sport. Yeah. 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 So if you were to think about it, if each NBA team lost their best player, so no LeBron, no Steph Curry, no Giannis, they're all gone. Who would actually be the best team, like on paper, and who would actually win the championship if every team lost their best player? Oh man, you you asked a tough one. So yeah. so how, so where do you want to start with? Let's start with who would be like the best team on paper, in your opinion. Best team on paper, based upon their roster, without their best player, is the Lakers. Okay. Their roster, top to down, is good. If you lose Anthony Davis or even LeBron James, let's say it's LeBron. They lose LeBron. Lose LeBron. You got still got AD. You got Schroeder. Mm -hmm. You still got Montrez Harrell. You've got um, Kyle Kuzma. KCP can be a good complimentary piece. I think the Lakers, head to toe, was the best roster without their star player. Mm -hmm. I think the best roster without their star player might surprise you. I think the Brooklyn Nets. Without that, without Kevin Durant, that's who I minus off the team, will be the best player because you still have Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, who's actually going to slide into the starting role since Spencer Dinwiddie has a partially torn ACL. Oh, that's I think he's going to play really, really good. Yeah, it does suck, but Karis LeVert is a really good player. I've been high on him. And they still, you know, you like size and length. That's your thing. So they still would have that with DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen. You bring in, uh, is it Lindsey or LeMay Shamit, who played with the Clippers last season? Yeah, Landry. Landry Shamit, who's a good player off the bench. Again, I mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie. You have Joe Harris. I mean, they have a lot of different types of players. They have everything, even without Kevin Durant. You have defense and rebounding. You have three-point shooting. You have a guy who can go get a bucket in Karis LeVert. And you would still have... Somewhat of a leader, I'm using that term loosely when I talk about Kyrie Irving, 
but you would still have him who's won a championship and been clutch. So, so I'm not sure if you remember this, but we've seen this roster before <laughs> with Kyrie Irving before the bubble. But so I've got an ace in the hole. Since so, we've seen this team, I've got an ace in the hole though. What's your ace in the hole? Ace in the hole is the the Phoenix Suns coaching management as a part of this team. We saw the Kenny Atkinson Brooklyn Nets. We haven't seen the Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni Brooklyn Nets, who somehow found a way to lost to lose to the Hornets last night. Yeah, last night was a weird night for basketball. Everybody, yes, yeah, like that was crazy. But anyway, yes, that's my that's my ace in the hole. That's all I've got. So I would say best team, best roster still on paper to me is Brooklyn. If they lost Kevin Durant, you say the Lakers. Okay. I'm gonna call Lakers. Yeah. All right. So who do you think would win the championship? If every team lost their best player. Lakers. Okay. I'm going to give them that. I think they got more score. They got more firepower. Then the competition, the toughest. I mean, the only other team that has, that would potentially have enough firepower to keep up might be the Denver Nuggets. Because, I mean, who would you lose? Jamal Murray Jokic. or Jokic? Jokic. So, I think Jamal Murray with uh, Michael Porter Jr. would do wreck shop in mm-hmm. the West. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Clippers would do anything with Paul George by himself. Well, again, after what happened yesterday, being down 50 at halftime without their best player, that's part of what made me think, oh, we definitely need to ask this question. This is going to happen. Right. Pelicans. Lose Zion, who has to be the best one, right? Or would you give it to Brandon Ingram? Well, they would, um, I would give it to Brandon Ingram. They were actually my number two as far as the best team still on paper. If they lost Brandon Ingram, because you still have Zion, you still have Lonzo, you still have uh, Eric Bledsoe, who's a solid player. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hart. Steven Adams. Team Adams Josh and Josh Hart. And Jackson Hayes off the bench. So you still have a good, solid team. I don't like Stan Van Gundy as a coach, but. I put I put the Pelicans top five mm-hmm. in, in the league yeah. if they lost their best player. I'm looking at the rest of these teams. I mean, Philly, if they lost, who would it be? Joel Embiid or Ben Joel Simmons? Embiid. So it would be Embiid. Yeah, that, they don't, they don't have Brown. anybody. Yep. Miami, to me, without Jimmy Butler. They would be interesting. They would push for a playoff spot, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll basically be like they were with Dwayne Wade when he had nobody else on the roster. That's right. They're done. They're, they're, they're toast. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, Milwaukee. So you, lose you lose Giannis. Giannis. You have Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Uh, Lopez, we've, we've seen this. Your boy Dante. Yeah, we have. We've seen this. We've seen this before, haven't we? Yeah, they they're, they're going to take it now. If they were to go against Miami without Jimmy Butler, see now that I didn't think about. If you actually match these teams together, where this team didn't have their best player, neither did this team who would win. I didn't think about it that. That's way. how you got to look so at it be because if you're saying that without their top player, that means everybody's going to lose this, lose that one player. Yeah, that's what you have to look at is what the matchups are going to be like. The Lakers match up well against the Pelicans. They'll put them out. More so veteran leadership, not age. The Suns, who's going to be the, the vet that's going to be? Who's, who's going to be the best player gone? Would it be Devin Booker or Chris Paul? I'll probably say Devin Booker. It's going to be Devin Booker. You have to say Devin Booker. So you got Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and the Pips. Yes. Chris Paul basically with the Hornets. Yes. <laughs> not happening. Jazz, who's going to be the best one? Is it Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert? Uh, Donovan Mitchell. So they're going to be one of the, they're going to be the best defensive team in the league without the ability to score. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it gangster. Like college basketball, 65 to 60. That's how we Virginia play. basketball. Yep. <laughs> that, uh, Full court press. Tony Bennett's team. Minutes. That's exactly yeah. what they're going to be. Portland. It would be Dame definitely, mm-hmm. and they're not making the playoffs. No. Dallas, no Luca, no playoffs. <laughs> you would have Chris Tapp Singer because he's it's like he's never hardly out there when you need I, him. He hasn't even showed up this season yet. No, he's not. So when you look at it top to bottom, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to give it to the Lakers. I will put, you know what? I like the Pelicans at two. I will go Brooklyn three. I'll give, mm, can't give the Clippers any love. I can't. I'll probably go Heat before I go Clippers. Actually, Boston. That's the one. Okay, so who are they losing? Tatum. Yeah, we lose Tatum. Tatum is right, the best so one on the team. You, you still got Kimball Walker, yeah, Martin Brown. Smart. Boston would be good. They would. They would be tough. They would actually still, still be have tough. Brad Stevens. Still have Brad Stevens to figure it out. And that actually will be their saving grace. I will put them to number two. Okay, see, I didn't think. I didn't think too seriously about them, but I think you got a good point. My to win the championship, I was in agreement with you. The Lakers, to me, they don't look the best as far as on paper without mm-hmm. LeBron. But just in virtue of winning that championship last season, I think that I think that Anthony Davis, he's got some leadership in him. He's not going to have leadership to the level of like uh, LeBron or Steph Curry, some of the great leaders, mm-hmm. leader superstars that the NBA has seen. But I think he could do enough with that type of a playing field because if you lose LeBron, if you lose Giannis, he's like, that's what makes the Lakers so dangerous because he still, he would be the best player in basketball if you didn't have those guys because so, there's something like the ESPN list of what, 100 best players? Yes. They had LeBron won 82. Yes. So you have the number two player. I mean, he's the best player in basketball. Right, right. Right, right, right. And, and the season he is going to be, he is going to be number two. Yeah. Only reason why, and I agreed with the ESPN deal, mm-hmm. not to go too far on a tangent, but I agree. Kevin Durant shouldn't have been, well, I think Kevin Durant was what, six or seven? Something like that. Something like that. It's a perfect spot for him. He's just not going to play most of the season. Mm-hmm. He's still getting his bearings and get back going. Sure. Next year, I put him either one or two. Mm-hmm. Next year, I have to give Kevin a full year basketball for him to get his bearings back before I can or just just say that oh he's going to be the number two player in the, uh, the, uh, the league or number one. Mm-hmm. I needed a year, and this is the reason why the James Harden situation is so crucial because this entire discussion changes based upon where he goes. Yes, it does. Hundred percent. If he goes to Brooklyn, you lose KD, you have Kyrie and James Harden. You're the best team, and you win the championship most likely. You probably don't agree because Kyrie's weird. James Harden. I, I feel like it's going to be a – it's just drama for me. But, but I, I don't disagree with you. I think they will be the best team on paper. Mm-hmm. Miami. You yeah. send them to Miami. No, actually, he would be the one gone. So you still have Jimmy Butler. <laughs> there you go. Miami's going right back to the yep. finals, guys. Championship, baby. He's gone. He would be the one gone. Uh-huh. Um, Milwaukee. If they find a way to get him to Milwaukee. Who's better out of him and Giannis? Oh, that's tough. I don't care about the MVP awards. I'm talking about who's going to really produce something with that roster. You might have to give it to James. You might have to give it to James. You James might, might be the one gone. So maybe they, say the same. Now, if they had a choice, they might want Giannis gone. Yeah, because they're because, better. Well, that solves the problem that they face in the playoffs, which is to shut down the paint. Because if you do that against James Harden, that's perfectly fine with him. Yeah, it, it is because he'll shoot, and then right. you have to defend him there. He's going to take it to the goal, and he's going to yep. dish it. So yep. he has the, that 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 multifaceted of his game to do that. So uh-huh. right. So Miss Milwaukee, Philadelphia. You see him to Philadelphia. He's the one gone. They're the exact same team. Yeah, they are. Yep. So <laughs> two all stars, Doc Rivers. Exactly. So I think who who else is looking at him? I think that that's that might be. A, I think there's one team that I. I think there's one team that I, we're not thinking about right now, and I right. just for the life of me cannot fathom who it is. Right. But so. Boston. You send them to Boston. Who's the best one? That would be so weird. That would be so tough for me to figure um, out who's better, though. Probably you take James Harden. I would still say he probably is better than Jason Tatum. Do? Oh, 6'10", Jason Tatum? Since he's grown to it? Right, 6'11", Jason Tatum. Yes. Now, I don't think 7'0", Jason Tatum is worse than James Harden. 7'1", right? Jason Tatum might be better than Harden. But... 
I'm putting all my eggs in the 7-2 Jason Tatum basket. I'm sorry. I don't know, man. I mean, if they do another bubble, 7-3 Jason Tatum. <laughs> I mean, he might own that thing. He might own that thing. 7-4, Jason Tatum is, I'm sorry, Jason Tatum is probably, I think he's going to finish the year top five. No. Without seven, trying. 7-5 Jason Tatum, better than MJ. Ooh, you got me there. <laughs> you even got me in a box. I'm just out. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, I can't even touch that because you're right. As that dude is growing the way he is in a yes. ridiculous rate and his game is still there, I would think that Jay, that, that Tatum will be the one that has to be eliminated. If he's the be- talking about the best one eliminated from the team, if he uh-huh. hardly got traded there, even though Tatum ain't won an MVP, Tatum mm-hmm. is still young, I think he's overall better than Harden. Mm-hmm. He's out. It'll be Harden and, and, and Jalen Brown. Boston is going to be a threat. I can win with that. I can win with so that. So Boston and Brooklyn will probably have the best rosters outside of Miami if James Harden got traded around to any of those teams and they lose their best player. He is the X factor. I think he is going to be the biggest determining factor in what happens in the NBA playoffs. I agree. He I agree. He, he's going to change the landscape of everything. So. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> Any room floor? You got anything good down there? Uh, yeah, uh, we're going to stay uh, with college sports. Uh, first of which was somewhat college sports. Uh, Urban Meyer has been asked about his NFL interest by at least two NFL franchises. Question, would he be a good NFL coach, and who do you think inquired about him? So I think that he may turn out to be a Pete Carroll in the NFL, so I can't knock him for the hustle. The team that inquired about him, I promise you, is probably Jacksonville because of Trevor Lawrence. And... Houston because of Deshaun Watson. He's seen them both. He knows enough about them both. And then what he would do is find a way to get Dwayne Haskins into his program. I can see that. Yeah. Make him a backup. All right. So speaking of Ohio State, uh, Dabo Sweeney stands by his rank of 11th for Ohio State, which has been a source of controversy over the last week or so. Uh, and they play them in the semifinals. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So do you agree with Dabo Sweeney that Ohio State was the 11th best football team in college football. Basically what he said is he said it because I need to go read RJ Young's article on Fox Sports that he just wrote recently about that. Mm-hmm. But my understanding he said that is because of how many games they played, not because of how the talent on their team. Okay. That's preposterous. That's trolling. The roster is the roster. Either they're good or they're not. Right. You know what I'm saying? No matter how many games they play, even though we know that defense is suspect and lately we've seen that people have been calling for that there's no way you think that they're 11, unless you're just trolling them. And now the bad thing is you just gave them bully team board material, yeah, and that's the it's last thing. going to make this matchup even more interesting on Friday. Can't wait. All right, lastly, feel-good story. So the Florida Gators uh, basketball player, Keontae Johnson, yes. who, uh, who collapsed on the court when they were playing uh, Florida State, has uh, rejoined the team, and he's working as a coach in practice while he recovers. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, – that's just more of a feel-good story, not really a question attached to it. You know, oftentimes when we see this in sports, the person, for whatever reason, they don't live through it. So just in virtue of the fact that he survived this and is now able to rejoin the team in some capacity, I think is, uh, is a great story. I don't know if he's going to be able to play again this season, but I'm glad to see him back. Definitely warms my heart. Chain, yep. warms my heart. Yes. So. All right, well, we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on Unfair. Please check us out 
wherever podcasts down or listen to, please share us with your friends. Because you know why? Sharing is caring. And that's kind of what we need is to be shared around and passed around like a Philly Blunt. So for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for joining us and doing what y'all do best. For my co-host, Jimmy, check out his solo show. You know, he's going to be doing it and giving you guys the super hot fire. Yep. And he's going to give us a 5-0 and o, uh, uh, closing five so that we can close the season out We're with a uh, non-winning record, but close enough winning record. So with that, hit us up on the fan line, 430-901-1906. I promise you we're going to play those voicemails soon. Plan to do it at the end of this year, but, you know, we gotta things happen. got to filter through first. got to filter through all Some of Some people have bad language. Uh, they talk about your takes. Wow. wow. That is preposterous. Yeah. So, uh, with that, we will chop it up with y'all in a few days. Peace. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.